You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of One on One with former Chiefs Jeff Allen and Mike DeVito. 17 years of NFL experience between them, including eight with Andy Reid. One on One is proudly presented by Cookie Society. And now, the latest episode of One on One with Jeff Allen and Mike DeVito. Chiefs Kingdom, here we go, baby. 2023 training camp is on. We are back one-on-one, a KC Sports Network podcast. I am your co-host, Mike DeVito, here with nine-year NFL veteran and Kansas City Chief, Super Bowl champion Jeff Allen, and we are bringing you all things Chiefs football from a player's perspective. Big Jeff, I love you, brother. It's great to see you, man. How's everything been? How's the summer been so far? It's been great. It's been a while, right, man? It's been a while. Summer's been great, you know it. As everyone in America, kids are out of school. So we've been really busy, you know, running a business, running back and forth between summer camps, between sporting events, um, and just being present. It's been really awesome. You know, we really enjoyed the summer. We traveled a little bit, got to see some new places, got to see family back home in Chicago. Did a lot of things. How about you? Yeah, no, that's the same exact thing, Big Jeff. I mean, Got these three little kids running around all day. There's just nowhere to run, nowhere to hide without without school and sessions. So, uh, but we're we're hanging in there. My wife's going good, and we're just relaxing, letting you know. You know, I live up here in Maine in the summertime. This is the place to be, man. In the wintertime, when it's minus thirty outside, I get why people don't want to be here. In the summertime, man, it's beautiful up here. So we're enjoying that. Um, and you know, just just but you know, we talked about this. I think the last time we were coming on. Um, that smell is in the air, right? You can yes. feel the humidity. I could smell the grass. That you know, you just like our bodies are just trained to know when training camp is coming, and so rear way and makes you miss it, right? I want. You know, I was going to ask you about this, Big Jeff. I mean, do so. This is one of those things that. So a little bit of backstory. I recently started a job as the director of player development for the University of Maine football team, and so they're right here in the area. And uh, obviously, I went to school there. And so I'm trying to give back, help my alma mater, be a part of the program again. And I watched those guys showing up to camp, you know, and they're going in the dorms. And prior to this, I was like, yeah, no, I totally miss camp. I miss the guys. But then, I, you know, I got to see again, like, oh, man, I forgot. Training, training camp is miserable, man. Training camp is miserable. So I don't know. I, I do miss it still if I'd rather be at camp than not at camp. But uh, it did give me a taste being around the college team up here of oh yeah this is you know this wasn't always all enjoyable i don't miss the semantics of it. i don't miss yeah everything that went with it but i do miss um the the the, the team building aspect of it especially being on a team like the chiefs where we went away for camp right and being in the dorms and having conversations with guys that you wouldn't typically have during the season because you know obviously we're working and we're doing everything in the building and there's not much time after practice because we're getting back home to our families individually doing what I have to do with a camp. It's nothing but ball and within that you're building your relationships with your brothers. It's no that's yeah, no, Jeff, you're exactly right. I mean, and that's so important. That that's really different from the college level to the NFL level. At the NFL level, everybody's kids and we're talking about, you know, there's a million things going on. So during the regular season, guys are usually out. It's hard to get the guys together. Normally there's a night during the week where D line dinner, O line dinner, things like that. But Training camp is where it's at. I mean, this is really where you build that brotherhood, that that family that's going to approach the next 17, 18, 19 weeks of the season. 
And um, I always found camp so paradoxical because you have these guys making, you know, millions of dollars, right? They have beautiful houses, beautiful car, all this stuff. And then it's so funny because a lot of, you know, now training camp comes and it's all the guys are equal, right? Everybody's sleeping in the same shitty dorm room, eating the same crappy food. <laughs> it's just, it's funny to see, you know, these guys like Pat Mahomes, who's coming from this luxurious mansion and now he's, you know, living in the dorms. But it just speaks to how important the goal is, right? Everybody recognizes the goal is a Super Bowl and we can put the luxuries aside because we got to get together, build this team because that is the more, most important goal. And so that's what you do. You sacrifice. And so you know, I love seeing these guys showing up and smiling. And I know part of them is a little bit miserable because they're starting training camp. But I also, like you touched on, and the thing that I would miss about camp is being around the guys, right? It's just you and football in that locker room. And uh, that's a special time. So, so much to get into. You know what? I totally skipped over our sponsor, though, Cookie Society Cookies. My goodness, Big Jeff, you guys are doing incredible things. I saw you with the van at the Masterminds Offensive Line um, uh, seminar camps, the, 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 the brilliant things that Duke and those guys are doing over there, making, you know, raising up scary offensive linemen for us D-line to deal with. But I saw you with the Cookie Society thing over there. I see all the stuff coming out on the menu. I mean, you guys are killing it, man. We're killing it. We're getting ready to open our our third brick and mortar store here in Texas, um, South Lake, Texas. And, and we're continuing to expand. One day we're going to make Kansas City. I know I've been saying that for a while, but we're working on it. Um, but it's exciting stuff. It's, it's a new month, so there's a new menu. Um, we have a Rice Krispie Treat cookie, peanut butter and jelly cookie, a Texas chocolate sheet cake cookie. Um, and the list goes on, man. It's some amazing things. So check it out, cookiesociety.com. Um, you can subscribe and save, or you can visit us locally in store if you're in the DFW area. Yeah. No, check them out, cookiesociety.com. Big Jeff, I do want to go on a quick tangent. So you before we get into Chiefs football, back to Cookie Society real quick. I saw the food truck, like I said, at the Masterminds camp. Talk to me about the um, – like I feel like if I were to own a restaurant, I, that's, where, that's where I would go, right? It'd be like, yeah. let's get the food truck. Let's put it in the most populated areas. Like, what does that look like from a business model perspective? Like, is is that, like, do you focus on that? Do you, or, yeah, yeah. Or the, the food truck is, is literally for brand awareness. You know, it's for us to do activations, for us to do, you know, fun events, a way for us to give back to the community. Um, we can do tons of things with it. it. It isn't anything that we're looking to necessarily generate revenue with. Um, we had to get an online masterminds event, you know, visit with big guys, right? We went out here. Got to do it. Gave away about a thousand cookies to 200 guys. <laughs> Schwartz was first in line. So Schwartz, hey, listen, I tweeted about Schwartz, Jeff Schwartz. I saw that. Old teammate. Um, and I said, we're looking up the word consistency in the dictionary. You see his picture because he's the first guy to the truck in the last ball. Right. <laughs> and it's not by mistake, man. This guy loves food. Um, and it means a lot to me to know that he loves our cookies because he has a lot of experience. Yeah, he does. He's an expert. He's an expert. an expert for sure. All line and food, you're going to Schwartz, brother. Well, again, Big Jeff, congratulations on all you guys are doing, and thank you for sponsoring the show. We're grateful for you, brother. CookieSociety.com. All right, brother, we we hit on it. Training camp, a lot of fun things going on. Where to start? I'm not sure. What I'm fired up about, the chippiness, right? We yeah. see um, Kelsey getting into it, scores a touchdown, throws a punch afterwards. I freaking love it. I know it's not Andy Reid's style but I love it. And here's why I love it because 
it just highlights, like, especially a guy like Kels, right? This is a guy who's done it all. He doesn't need to prove anything. He, nope. Especially Camp, he could coast. Be He's still going to be an all-pro. He's still going to have a pro bowl, all this stuff. Still going to be one of the best receivers in the game. Um, and yet, he's out there throwing punches. And with throwing punches is for, you know, the, the, this, you know, so a lot of times you see the guys that are trying to make it, uh, the, the younger guys, the undrafted free agents, the guys that are trying to prove themselves. They're the ones out there getting after it because they want to show that they have the toughness to compete. And I just love seeing it from Kels, right? Because here's your leader, and he's out there saying, let's go. I don't care. You know, I've won these Super Bowls, I've done these things. I'm still going to fight like this was, you know, my first day on the field. And so, I don't know, you feel the same way? I feel like yeah, I'll fight in Canada. I was jacked up about it. I mean, fights and cap go together. I mean, I know it's right. it's not productive in a sense, but it's just a part of it. It's, it's an irritable environment. Like you said, these guys, Kels just came off for a hell of an offseason. He's at the doing PGA stuff. He's at the SNL doing skits, living in his mansion. Now he's sleeping in a twin bed. Like, <laughs> that shit fighting. Fighting off. <laughs> and it's hot, you know? It's hot like, Obviously, we got to come out here and get better, but he's having flashbacks. Then he has these young guys who's, who are fighting for roster spots, doing everything in their power to make the team. Right. And just playing hard, man. Um, playing through the whistle, and, you know, he didn't like it. And I understand why, you know. I'm Travis Kelsey, right? right. Um, I love that. I'm the greatest tight end of all time. Don't you fucking touch me. That's it. That's it. And I love it because, you know what? Other teams see that, Right. Uh, with the and that's like so important to get it on film, right? Other teams see that. Listen, um, you know we have all these weapons. We have all this, you know, we do all these things. We're the high flying offense and all this stuff. We're we're we can get down and fight too, yeah, right. So you, that's what I love about this team is just there. The the whole spectrum is covered. Where it's like we we got, we got to see the toughness of the team, um, and it it's crazy to hear this, but it starts at the quarterback. You don't necessarily hear that for all organizations, but we got to see a glimpse of that. If you didn't get a chance to watch quarterback on Netflix, you got to see a glimpse of Patrick Mahomes' personality. Mm. He's the toughest people on a football field, and he's scrappy. He gets out there, he talks some stuff sometimes, and Correct. that permeates you off the team. And if you're going to talk, you better back it up, and, and the Chiefs do that. Yeah, yeah, no question. No, I love it. And I was thinking, thinking about Kells. I was thinking about, you know, back when we were playing, and it's the same now, you know, the offense and defensive line, you get a lot of chippiness throughout camp, right? So just for our, our listeners, during a normal training camp practice, when we got the pads on, right? So whether uppers or full pads, um, offense and defensive line will probably go against each other for, I don't know, what do you say, three quarters of the practice, Jeff? I mean, special teams and, and uh, what's it called? Um, we're going Indy, and that's it. Special teams, seven on seven. It's I mean, seven on seven. We're doing one on ones. We're one on ones. So the entire time, we're facing off. We're facing off. So I remember we, we would go like when I first got there. I don't know if I know we backed off a little bit. I don't know if if Heck and them have gotten back to it. But I don't know if you remember my first camp in 2013. We started with we did individual. Then we went to monster drill, which yes. is two on ones. Yep. Then we went to five on four. Then we went to nine on seven. Then team. Then one on ones. Then team again, and it's just like by the end of a single practice, you have been, you know, these are not easy drills. These are not like fit them up drills. Every one of those is like a getting after it, let's go 100 miles an hour. And that's, you know, that's the entire practice for us. Yep. And, you know, we've talked about Andy Reid's camps. I mean, these aren't short periods either. These are long, lots of reps, 
Yeah, I, I think, mean, um, I think for for most guys, it got better after the collective bargaining agreement and, and yeah. kind of shortening down from two a days to one practice. But Andy Reid was like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to get two practices into right. one. That's right. We have one long-ass practice. And you talk about all the periods. In addition to all those periods that we have, we have a period called long drive period. And it's when the O-line and D-line, we don't rotate. Nobody rotates. It's Nobody rotates. Each straight plays, full go. You're about ready to pass out after that. After that, And then guess what? There's more. Jeff, three-minute drill directly after that. And it's just testing your will, your grit. And Coach Reed speaks about it. He says, there's a method to my madness. Right. There's a reason why he's doing it. And that's why the Kansas City Chiefs are in such good shape. That's why you see late in the season, we're actually trending in the right direction. We're just getting stronger. And that goes all the way back to not just OTAs, but training camp. Right. Right. No, no, you're exactly right. And uh, I remember going out there, and especially as camp goes on, you know, that first day you get out there in pads, you feel excellent. Right, you know, you're flying around, you're having fun. You have that anxiety, the butterflies. You know, it's just like, oh, here we go, football's back. No more spider bullshit. None of this other stuff. We're hitting, we're going. Real football is here. So that first day, you're on cloud nine. But then after that, it's just well downhill from here. And then, yeah. Oh, Big Jeff, I remember coming out in the O and D line. We'd warm up to the right of the. So if we were all along the goal line, offense and defensive line were to the right facing out and I remember walking out and the first thing I would do is pray and I walk out and we would just be looking at each other and I just remember thinking can I make it through another day like my legs are dead my arms are dead I can't I'm so mentally I'm fried I haven't slept like can I how am I possibly going to get through this practice I'll this is a funny story and I don't want anybody to think that we can play in the time which we do we need to play a lot (laughs) Um, but this, I used to still. Um, it was a veteran guy. I'm not going to say his name. And we're actually in practice, and a fan asked him. He's like, "You're living, you're living the dream." And he said, "Yeah, one nightmare at a time." <laughs> <laughs> and I, I about lost it because I'm <laughs> one of the hardest practices. And, and I was like, "Yeah, I feel him right now. This, this is the that's killer." The inception. Um, yeah. Training camp feels like it's like a never-ending, and then you finally get to that, you know, final preseason game. You see the light at the end of the tunnel, but it's necessary. Like, Got to do it as much as I didn't like it. It's a necessary evil. It's what makes you a better football team, and you know these guys are fortunate to be in the training camp, like Kansas City's training camp. That's why they're always productive because of the work that they put in. Right. No question. No, you're totally right, and and I can just speak. To, so funny little story so when i was with the jets um during the off season we had they, they would they would run the off season like you, you could you would could get points or whatever like if you did a certain number of you know lifts or you attended a number of things yoga things like that you can get a certain number of points and then they select off off season winners and those people would actually get a, a number of different things but one of the things they would get is one practice off during training camp this was back when we had two a days and so um my my year with with Rex, one of the years there, I had won the offseason award. I got that. And Rex said, hey, you have to use it. The guys who won that have to use it. You have to take a practice off. You can't go all the way through. Because we weren't going to take a practice off. Yeah. So I said, okay, we, we took it off. Me and my buddy, towards the end of camp, took it off. 
and it was a real heavy, like short yardage practice. And I remember standing back and watching from the outside and being like, we do this every day. Like we, if like being in it is one thing, but to see it from an outside perspective, I just remember him being like, I don't know how I could survive one of those, let alone friggin' 30 in a row. So, oh man. And you're right. Andy Reid has done a great job of bringing back that old school mentality fitting two a days, basically into one practice. And, uh, uh, it's incredible fun to watch KC fans. You got to get out there. If you haven't seen a practice up at St. Joe's, we got so much more to talk about big Jeff. Before we do that, let's kick it over to our sponsor. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, Big Jeff. So we didn't lead off with this, but it's it's sort of the elephant in the room, um, excluding me, and that would be the Chris Jones situation. So they are, you know, everybody knows what's going on with Chris Jones. Obviously, you know, this is a Hall of Fame player. Um, yeah. Arguably the greatest defensive lineman in the NFL right now. And, um, boy, I love him. He's just... You know, he was one of those guys. I went down to see the Chiefs in 2016 when they came in to play New England, and I saw Chris Jones, and I was like, "That is, he is monstrous." I mean, he just, you know, he's a big dude, special dude, big presence, leader. Um, but obviously, the contract stuff is going on, and so there's two angles I want to hit here. The first is, are you optimistic or pessimistic that this gets done before season starts? And then the second 
you and I can chop it back and forth about this is what is it like from a player's perspective when you have a star player who's holding out for a better contract? So let's start with the first one, brother. Just looking at the situation from the outside, obviously we don't know the nuts and bolts. I was probably personally more optimistic until I saw Andy Reid's press conferences recently. Now it's not that I'm not that I'm pessimistic now, but I can tell there seems to be a little bit of frustration on Andy Reid's. Yeah. Whether that is a play to get him to, you know, all there's all this stuff going on back and forth. But sorry, long winded. What do you think, brother? Optimistic, pessimistic, Chris Jones. I'm going to be optimistic. The reason why is because um, Chris, no, Chris isn't a, isn't necessarily he isn't a selfish guy. He's really a tame guy. So I know this is eating him alive. Not being not being a cap with his guys. Not being able to you know, get better and, and build that camaraderie with the team. Um, and I understand both sides of it, man. I understand, you know, the business side of it from the team perspective. Um, they're trying to build a roster. Um, Beach is not just thinking about this season. He's thinking about years to come and, you know, what that would be the salary cap. If they give him exactly what he wants, you know, he wants to get paid. I saw something like $30 million a year. Um, the, ram- the ramifications of that, I mean, that could crush. I mean, I mean, that's quarterback money almost. I mean, not not new quarterback money. That's old quarterback money. But right. that's a lot of cash for a D-tackle. It's going to eat up a lot of the salary cap. But I also understand Chris's perspective. Chris has earned it. Mm-hmm. He's played his ass off. He's been um, overly productive. He's outplayed his contract when he was one of the highest-paid D-tackles. And when you compare him to the highest-paid D-tackle, which is Aaron Donald, he has taken the throne. I mean, Lodge was the best defensive tackle. So, I mean, he deserves what he's asking. He's not asking for anything that he doesn't deserve. Um, so it's a tricky situation. Um, there's going to have to be compromises on both sides. I, I don't think Chris will be able to get what he's asking, um, but I don't think the Chiefs will be able to give him just anything. So um, they're going to have to figure out a common ground and, and make this work, but I do think they're going to make it work. There's no way There's no way around it. They, they need Chris to continue to go on this run that they've been on. Big Jeff, I want you so – Let's talk theoretically for a second. Put the Chris Jones situation aside, but let's just look at the money being paid to now interior defensive linemen and Tucker. I think Tucker, our, our producer, brought this up to me recently. How interior defensive linemen have now really hit this high, these high cap numbers when it comes to sort of the averages of the top five players, and I'm I'm almost certain they've exceeded. The end, the edge guy. They have, right. $30 million is a lot of money. And so um, my question to you is this, and again, the Chris Jones aside, just talking theoretically, and you would know this better than anyone, is that position, can you make an impact, a $30 million impact at the defensive tackle position? Like, does is there that much value yep. in that position? 100%. Really? Okay. 100%. Um, the game has changed. Um, you know, the complete landscape of the game has changed. It's a it's a passing league, right? And traditionally, it was the blind side rusher. He's the guy that's going to get there. He's going to make the most impact on the edge. But if you think about football from a you know fundamental standpoint, the schematics of it, the fastest way to get to the quarterback is from the interior. Ah. You have a game record in there that can that can push the pocket. He's going to help it. He's going to help the defensive ends. Who can create havoc in the run game? Who can penetrate penetrate gaps? Who can you know make sacks? I mean, Chris. I mean, he's, I don't know what he's averaging per year in sacks, you know, but he's had some twenty plus sack years. Um, yeah. So he's making a huge impact. 
and there are more game wreckers on the interior now than I think on the edge. Yeah. 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 And would you think, again, from a theoretical perspective, do you think that the interior guys make more of an impact than the guys on the outside? Yeah, they do. And they make the guys on the outside's jobs easier. Yeah, no question. If you push the pocket and, and, and the quarterback can't step up, guess who makes that play? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's that sheet. But if you have a game record on the inside, I can't tell you the number of beneficiaries that have played with Chris Jones or Aaron Donalds or, well, Geno Atkins back in the day. Ooh, remember him? They were, you know, jetting up the jetting gaps, getting up the field, creating, you know, huge mismatches with guards and, 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 and calling hell for quarterbacks. Um, those guys made a lot of defensive ends money. Yeah, yeah, no, without question. Uh, and, and I always bring this up, but we saw, you know, the one year that KC hasn't made the playoffs in 2014, uh, Justin Houston ties the sack record, yeah. you know, you know, from that outside position. So, right. and that always stuck with me, like, man, you know. But remember that year when he tied the record? Don Terry Poe had a hell of a year. Oh man, he's the uh, Poe's such a beast. He got a hell of a year, and he may not have had you know a ton of sacks, but he was getting a ton of press. Well, that's the thing, and that's the thing. And even with Chris Jones, you know, you talk about the twenty plus sacks. I mean, the impact that he's had uh, far exceeds the twenty plus sack. I mean, you you have to block him with three guys. You can you can't quantify it. There's no. there's not enough stats on the stat sheet to to quantify his impact. And right. what he does for that defense, it's, it revolves around him, everything. He wrecks every game plan. Every defense coordinator has to take him to account. They have to script the game plan around Chris Jones. Where's 95? And that's where it starts. Right. right. No, no question. Um, I So personally, again, I started off very optimistic, a little bit less optimistic. I still think it gets done. What worries me, and I think you hit on it, is – Long term, you can only have so many of these big transactions on, yeah, on the cap. I mean, you're mm-hmm. gonna have to pay Creed. You're gonna have to pay Trey. You still problem. obviously, yeah, you still got Mahomes. Um, you know, I I would imagine at some point you got to pay Kelsey. And when was the last time Kelsey read up? Exactly. And when you when you think about it, um, it's a championship team for a reason, right? It's not just about you know the great players. I mean, that, that helps a lot, but it's the mindset that the majority of the players have. I mean, Patrick, the long-term deal that he signed, he knew he signed a 10-year deal at, well, 45 a year. At the time, it was the top of the market, but he knew it was going to be within two or three years, he would be at the bottom, right. or not top 10, which is just happening now. I mean, you see Travis Kelsey, he's never, you know, been, you know, overpaid. Right. He's being, even if he's the highest paid tight end, he's technically should be the highest paid receiver. Right. Without question. That's exactly. a good point. You look you just keep you continue to look at guys who have taken lesser deals to build a dynasty. Um so I mean that I, that's what Veach is telling like, hey, everyone has a little give on this. If you want to continue you can't take top of the market money because we won't be able to pay Creed. We won't be able to pay trade. And then that conversation comes with them. It's gonna be the same deal. Um and we saw with Tyreek, he wanted to make whatever he made. And unfortunately, it wasn't enough money for everybody. So they say, hey, we're going to trade you. And I don't think that's going to happen in this case, but anything's possible. Yeah, no, I mean, Tyreek, as it got to the end of that situation, there was, it seemed like 
correct me if I'm wrong, I might be remembering incorrectly, but it seemed there was more animosity there. And you hit on this before. Chris Jones is a KC guy. He's not- and this, those are the guys that Andy Reid loves. You know what I mean? I, I guarantee you, Andy Reid knows that Chris Jones isn't a selfish dude, uh, wants what's best for the team. Um, so he, you know, he's going to go to bad for a guy like that. And I think he's going to fight. He's going to fight to avoid what happened with Tyreek Hill with Chris Jones. Yeah. Um, it'll, get worked, it'll get worked out. And, and, you know, being his former teammate, if I was his current teammate, I would not be upset about anything that's going on. I would just chop it up as business. It happens. I mean, well, that's the key. Yeah, no, that's good. And that's why I wanted, that was the second sort of thing that I wanted to cover was, you know, what is this like from, you know, another player in that locker room? Um, and you, you hit on it. So you don't feel any sort of animosity. And what about though, do you feel any animosity? Cause I've never been in this situation. Uh, personally, I didn't care for, I knew if a guy was going to get his money, get your money. Like yeah. you gotta, you gotta get it. You gotta get it. Uh, ultimately, you have to provide for your family. You got to do what's best for you. We're all going to do that. And so I, I didn't, I never cared. Interesting though. And you, again, you brought this up, the sort of subtle nuance with the chiefs is that, um, their biggest stars haven't gotten what they deserve so that others can get taken care of. So is that in the back of your mind when you're evaluating this Chris Jones situation? Like, Hey brother, you know, I know you probably earned X, but everybody else has earned X and taken Y, you know, come on, let's go get another one. For me, no. I mean, I, I never really count a guy's pockets. Uh, so, I mean, do what you got to do. Even if ultimately it ends with you not being a chief anymore or my teammate, right. I, I would never be mad at an individual for doing what's best for him and his family. It would suck. Um, I would miss him. But, you know, if you want to break the bank, go ahead. You deserve it. You so, deserve it. You deserve it. You earned every right. I mean, Chris has two Super Bowls. I mean, he can do what he can do what he wants. He do it too. Do he do it? And you know, another team's going to pay it. He wants at this point. Um, every guy's a different type of guy. Me personally, I was the type of guy where where when I made the money that I made, and I felt comfortable, and I felt like you know I made lifetime money. I was like, well, I don't have to chase money anymore. Now I'm chasing, you know, legacy or rings or whatever. Right. Famous for some of these other guys. I mean. And plus, Patrick and Travis make so much money off the field, it doesn't matter. Well, that's the, th- that's the thing I was thinking, too, with the Chris Jones situation. Like, bro, get this get this dude part ownership over at the Royals. Or do, yeah. do, do, yeah. do some golf, top golf, pay him. I mean, so, get, get him paid somewhere else, you know. But, oh, man. Well, I'm with you. Optimistic it gets worked out. We'll follow back at the end of the month to see how that plays out. But I, I have a good feeling he's there week one. We'll finish it up with some more topics, but before we do that, let's kick it to one more break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, Big Jeff. So before we get into some of the new, well, we're going to talk about some of the new pieces. I want to talk about some of the guys on offense, but I have been seeing some stuff come up recently about uh, Uzama, right? The new yeah. defensive end, first-round draft pick. And I just want to caution everybody at the start because we have talked ad nauseum about how rookies coming in the league nowadays have minimal amount of time to get ready compared yeah. to what we had. Um, I've said it before, OTAs, I was there for 12 hours a day studying the playbook, learning how to be a pro. These guys have four hours a day 
And, you know, the, the amount of time is two months compared to four months that I had. So uh, training camp is obviously cut back. Preseason is cut back. These guys have a very short amount of time to get ready. Uzama gets hurt, doesn't participate in the entire OTAs and all that stuff. And I think there was a little bit of worry about the sort of slow start that he had at training camp. And I just want to caution, like, we don't want to be too hard on these guys, especially the first-round draft picks. Um, because, not, not that we, you know, obviously we want to be honest, but we definitely want to give this this young man time to grow. Uh, he has not had any sort of uh, ability to get acclimated to NFL football. And I don't give a damn how good you are in college. There are very few people that can come right into the NFL, regardless of where you get picked, and they're all pros right away. I mean, it takes time to learn again to learn how to be a pro. Yep. And uh, we've seen some, you know, some some trending upwards with Uzama. But I just it reminded me of so many different situations in my career where you have a guy drafted high, he starts up off a little slow, everybody jumps on him, and then he folds because he just, you know, he can't handle the pressure. And it's like let's let's yeah. let Felix grow. You know what I mean? Right. I know it's a big boy. I know it's a big boy league, but let the, let the man grow, and especially given the way he was injured and how the limited amount of time he has, you know, let's let him grow. And, you know, there's a long, long-term future there. I wouldn't be too worried about it. I don't know. Mike, are you tracking with me, brother? I think, I just think it's hilarious that we're, we're even talking about this. And I think it comes with the time now that we're at with the access that we have, social media, right? with, the, with the, you know, the media access to training camp, OTAs. These guys are kids, man. Right. He hasn't played a football game yet. Like, he hasn't even played a preseason game yet. Maybe he struggles in a preseason, right? He still has to develop. We're not giving these kids a chance to develop from a, from a media standpoint, and even sometimes from a coaching standpoint. Right. Right. We're all prisoners of the moment, um, and we're not looking long-term. Um, I think he'll be fine, man. Like, it, um, this kid fits the system. Right. He's, his personality seems to fit the culture of Kansas City. I've heard him speak in press conferences. Um, he has a, a good head in the shoulders. Um, he'll figure it out. And just give him the time. That's all. That's all. Found out. No doubt, brother. No, I'm with you. I co-sign on that. Let's talk quickly about some of the new weapons on offense before we finish out. I want to get your perspective right away, again, because you are highly qualified to speak on this. Yeah. We lose two very important sit positions, right and left tackle. We get two new guys in. Give me your thoughts. The, the, the state of KC offensive line specifically – the tackle position. This is going to be important. I mean, the OTAs were important. Training cap is going to really be important. And so these preseason games, um, we lost you know, two key guys, Andrew Wiley, Orlando Brown, um, the continuity of that. Like you can't, you know, just discount that. Um, those years that they've played together, the experience of it, um, and them being KC guys for so long. Um, but talent-wise, um, there's not a drop-off at all in my opinion. Right. Some senses you can say we've upgraded um, at the right tackle spot, especially. Um, but um, it's going to take some time. These guys have to get to know each other. Um, they got to know the nuances of the game and, and how the guy next to him handles certain situations. Um, and that only can be replicated in a real game situation. So right. I said this back when we got Orlando, um, especially when we switched to the left side, that you know the preseason and those first few games – don't expect for it to be sharp, right? right? It's going to take a little bit of time, especially with the acclimation period. That's not wearing pads, 
you know, at the same rate that we used to. Um, these guys are going to have to fill real live game situations. And um, Andy Reid is a wizard, man. He, he knows that. No doubt. I'm going to come out with a game plan that, to make sure that these guys are in good positions, that they're comfortable until, you know, they all get on the same page. And that's when he's really going to start to lean on them a little bit more. Yeah, no doubt. And you, you brought up Brown. Uh, you know, he comes in, he's the pro bowler, he's, he's ready to rock. And you saw having some issues early on. And I remember we were we were analyzing it, right? It wasn't so much something that Brown was, you know, getting beat or getting overpowered or anything, but it seemed like, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, Brown, you know, the number of steps, the number of steps he was taking in his pass set in in relation to how deep Mahomes was yep. dropping in his drop. And it seemed like guys were just running around Brown, but I felt like Brown just wasn't used to where the quarterback was, right? So he thought it was good. He had runs around him. It's a sack. And, you know, it was just like, well, oh, man, you know. And so they got that squared away. It wasn't a talent thing. It was just getting used to it. And, and again, and again, I've said this a million times on here. I would take an offensive line filled with average guys who are on the same page together and with the quarterback than Hall of Famers that haven't played together. Yeah. And it's like the only position like that on the field where me, there is no – there's not a unit that is more important that they play together and know each other than that offensive line and the nuances of the system, that offensive line, than any other position on the field. Um, and so, yeah, no, we saw the same thing with Brown. And um, and so, yeah, what my, my two cents on it, again, you know better than I do, but I'm more worried about the continuity of those two guys than drop-off in skill level, right? Yeah. And the good thing is they they're playing with the best interior offensive line in the game. So Amen. Oh, don't make everybody's job easy. No question. And before we go, brother, let's talk about some of those new weapons, right? We have a again, just like two years ago, we have a somewhat new cast, especially in the skill position, guys that Mahomes is throwing to. Who do you like? Any worries there? Are we good? It was the same ideas last year, more yeah. guys to throw the ball to. Yeah, so people said I was crazy. You can go back and check the track record. Yeah. I said last year, although we lost Tyreek, I felt like from a collective standpoint, we were better at the wide receiver position. And they're like, that was crazy. We're going to lose Tyreek. Sky is falling. We're never going to be the same. Patrick is going to lose it. And I have the same feeling this year in a weird way. I know we don't have the experience. We don't have a Juju. Um, you know, we don't have McCoy Hardman. Um, but I feel like this group is talented as hell, man. Looking at these clips from training camp, you see a guy like Jester Ross who should have been a first-round pick. He had the injury situation. And I said this last year when we got him as an undrafted free agent, this reminds me of the, the Trey Smith situation. Mm -hmm. Remember, Trey fell in the draft because of yeah. the concerns. Right. But he was a first-round talent. And you see what he's doing now for our organization, how impactful he is. Justin is the same type of guy. He has, he has the talent. And what was great about last year, he basically got a, a medical red shirt. And the injury that he had, I don't think that would have set anybody up for a year. But they decided to sit him for the year so he could, you know, rest and heal, recover, right, and make the run that he's about to make. He's going to be a number one guy, in my my opinion. That's how I feel about it. I, just the talent there, you can see it. Then you have a guy like Sky Moore, who last year, he started to come on late at the end of the year, made some plays for us made a huge play in the Super Bowl, right? That's a huge confidence booster. And he has another year to be in the system, understand the offense, and now he's going to have to step up. They're going to they're gonna call plays for him. 
Last year, they weren't calling plays for Sky Moore. You know, he didn't have many until the end of the season. Now, he's got to be a huge piece of the game plan. Um, you have the kid, Rice. He's making plays like crazy in camp right now. He's a rookie, um, but he looks like he's prime. He's physical. He's ready to go. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, Justin Boston, um, veteran guy, dependable. You know what he is and what he's going to do for the team. And um, Travis Kelsey, obviously. And then Noah Gray, I'm hearing a ton of stuff about Noah. He's been in the organization for a while. Um, I look for him to have a big year. Um, and then, you know, Jody is the same thing. Hopefully he, he could stay healthy. Right. I mean, it's just every year we have this discussion, it's just an Andy Reid, Brett Veach situation where people leave, the situation yeah. that the holes get plugged. And I've been in MVS. I mean, he's a big free agent last year. Right now. <laughs> the guy can play some football. He's a huge deep threat. Uh, he can stretch the field. Right. Uh, he, I think he may have a thousand yards. He was a couple plays away from having a thousand yards last year. So um, we have plenty of weapons. I know a lot of people were concerned about what we're going to do with the wide receiver position. And Veach, Veach said a lot by doing nothing, right? right. Sometimes. You know, silence says a lot, right? Right. He didn't make a move, right? That's because he knows what he has in the building. He believes in those guys, and and I believe in them too. So I think they'll be fine. Well, and here's the thing, too. We just talked about this as well. We have an offensive line, and we have Pat Mahomes. And I've seen Tom Brady with an offensive line, Peyton Manning with an offensive line, all these guys not have the best – not that – well, we do have a good skill position. But I've seen guys without any skill position – have an offensive line and a Hall of Fame quarterback, and they're getting to the Super Bowl. And so I could, you know, same thing here. We got Pat Mahomes, best quarterback in the game, incredibly good offensive line. We'll be good to go. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm as optimistic as you, brother. Brother, I'm excited for this year. Chiefs Kingdom, thank you so much for tuning in. This is the first one. We'll be here every week throughout the entire season talking about all things Chiefs football from a player's perspective. We're going to break down film. We'll have on guests. Me and Big Jeff will be talking about cookies a lot. Yes, sir. Join us. Let's have fun. Leave anything you want us to talk about in the comments. We'll get to it next week. We love you all, Big Jeff. It's great to see you, brother. Here we go. Great 2023. For a good year, baby. Let's go. Let's get it. See you next week, Chiefs Kingdom. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.